0: Hi guys, welcome to a new episode of Work in Progress. We have a really exciting guest for you this week. We have Toya Singh with us. Uh, She's a broadcast journalist. She works at CNN News 18. She has been associated with this this broadcast uh, news platforms in the past four years or so. And in the middle, she had started this really amazing uh, digital show which she had put on Instagram called Thought Jungle. That's where we found her and we were really uh, loving those episodes and that's how we discovered her so the <laughs> yeah
1: it's an interesting way of like getting to know what she does uh because we didn't discover her from uh, cnn we discovered her from her own pursuit and which is why we're so excited to speak to her today
0: so welcome Toya. uh right. i'm glad thank to you. have you on our podcast
1: and thank you.
0: you for agreeing to be a part <laughs> of it
2: of course of course i hope this is fun all right let's do this
0: starting off like uh journalism as a whole like right now in this time and climate it's a little bit of a scary profession so to speak to get into but we wanted to understand where why did you want to get into journalism into broadcast journalism as a whole and when you were like how you went about pursuing it also so just yeah i think just your background and how you got
1: into it just an introduction
2: okay i think um so you know when everyone is when you're about like six or eight you have a dream and uh when you're six or eight you usually have a dream that is very big um and i think uh i used to look at pranoy roy from ndtv yeah and just really thought he was just the bee's knees like i was like this person when he's on air he's so um centered and calm and obviously the news he's giving is is told so well but it was also just what he brought on as an anchor um specifically like it wasn't so much a love for the profession as it was a love for what I thought he was able to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember, he was growing up the person that I was like, Whoa, this is really cool. Also, I think when you're younger, you're obsessed with certain concepts. And I was always excited by the idea of uh, charisma. Like just the the word and the concept. Yeah. And I think growing up, something that always struck me was the fact that when we think of the word charisma, we most often think of men. there aren't too many women who come to your mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that because women aren't charismatic. I just think we aren't historically connected with that word. Um, and so you'll have, you know, the typical American examples, for example, The Indian, I think, most prominent example is possibly like a Jawaharlal Nehru. He was known for his charisma. But Mm -hmm. um, I think in the American context, there's Obama most recently before that. So a lot of, you know, charisma is really seen, magnetism. Um, These are traits that with with your women, you'll have, for example, actors. I'm thinking, uh, you know, like a Shri Devi or a Kajol who are lovable, but they are not usually associated with the word charisma, which I think is also has a has a connotation of intelligence, and perhaps because of just historical sexism, I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. Um, but I just it was not a thing that I saw in India, I think to some degree, again, you could argue Simi Grewal. But again, that wasn't like the first you and a very words. different kind
0: of, yeah. you know, yeah. when you yeah. think
1: of her, there's a very different perception that, yeah. you, that comes boys,
0: to mind. A lot of poise, a lot yeah. of, yes. of yeah. again. But these like
2: are like feminine quotes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's such gendered words, you know, um, whereas my point is just, yeah, as you then I think, yeah, as, as, as has already been covered. But like charisma was one word that I didn't see, you know, sort of associated across the board. And it was the my point is just that that was the trait that growing up I was like yeah
0: I just wanted to interrupt you and just Mm -hmm. ask you one thing so like you spoke about charisma you spoke about Mm -hmm. speaking and enjoying the stage the art of the art of performance and like it seems like such a different path than what journalism would be while there are some similarities Mm -hmm. of like being able to connect with the audience or say a story etc so where did journalism as a whole then come into the picture
2: um so I went to college in uh Sarah Lawrence in the US and um while I was there I continued studying economics and jazz largely um and and jazz had a lot of being on stage so uh there were the class largely had three parts one was like music theory, which I sucked at. I didn't have any uh, music theories. Literally, like, it's almost like mathematics. And uh, <laughs> your girl is, that's not my strong area. Yeah. <laughs> so There was that. There was also um, performance. And my point is uh, that performance, again, like school, right, that sense of connection. But it's yeah. about that time that I realized that I don't have what I saw as crucial for making a career in music, which is that sense of creativity, uh-huh. that sense of I want to make a song. That sense of creativity was never something right. I had, so I realized very quickly music wasn't it. But I did know that I loved, um, I loved asking questions and I loved studying. Um, and then my first job. So right after I graduated, my first, I shouldn't say job, internship uh, was at National Public Radio and um, NPR. I got an internship there straight after school. And uh, it was on a game show called Ask Me Another. And the game show had a host. And the idea of the game show is not important. But the point is just that I was the researcher on the show. So um, anytime anyone... Answered a question. If we said that question was right or wrong, and later we were told, "Nahi, humne galat bol diya tha. Yeah, the other option is, you know, if there's a script and these are the answers, and we have to check if the answers are correct. I was uh-huh. the person who had to research all of that. That's when I started, I think, because of like the mentorship of the people who were teaching me, playing with like what is what is truth you know mm-hmm. like how how do you answer something accurately and what is accuracy like mm-hmm. another really fun example um that i think is fun almost because it's uh too easy is uh, the example of uh we had a game show question where they asked you know friends the tv show the question was yeah. what is ross's job in the show and um the correct answer is he's a paleontologist but uh I remember someone had on the game show said that he is a archaeologist and we had said it's wrong. And then we'd gotten a call later saying, no, but paleontology is a form of archaeology. Archaeology. Mm -hmm. And then it turned out, I think that the producer was also someone who used to hear the show. So the show clarified and said, no, it's a separate thing. And then Columbia clarified and said, no, it's the same thing. We are the... Yeah. Oh. Yes. Now, I might be reversing the order of who said what, but my point is just <laughs> that this kind of like back and forth of who is correct and who is not. Mm-hmm. And our job at kind of getting to the bottom of it by making the right calls and being also scared because when you're telling your audience with such authority, it's a wrong answer. Yeah. you know, you better be yeah. correct so um i think that's really where the sort of interest first came up uh, did in- you keep up with anything that's happening in india while you were there no so that's exactly it i left in 20 um i left in 2010 so i had entirely missed the bjp coming to power yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I had left, the Congress had been in power. Not only had the Congress been in power; the Congress were in most people's good books. So the for a long uh, time also. Yeah. So the hazari the like the Ahmadni Party uh, sort of fasting against corruption, etc., that took place in the early 2010s. I was not there for any of that. I missed that entire phase. And so for me, I left in a very um, NDTV Congress era of like. I want to say Delhi Delhi just because uh, one thing I realized when I came back and worked here was that um, my idea of what India was had been quite a privileged idea of India. I mean, I realized that while I was at college. um, And of course, I think like all of us, I was conscious of it to some degree. But I think it really hits you uh, when you realize that our ideas of like Congress is good, for example, um, Congress equals good might have been a simplification that like I grew up with. Mm -hmm. Um, especially because I think the Congress for me and reading, I used to read, uh, I think it was Times of India on the bus stop every morning because it used to come and I used to have half an hour before going to school. Um, And it just really, there was this secular idea of India. Yeah. All happy, living together, different religions.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, And, you know, A, we were never having conversations about caste openly. um, So it was largely just... Uh, and I, when I say never having conversations about caste, I mean in our spaces. I know that, you know, I'm sure, no, I'm not sure. I know that parents were very, very problematic. And, and you know, when it comes to marriage, yes. that's very much a thing that families are discussing. But my point is as a as a um, general
0: discussion, I think own. that was, yeah, I feel we, like that personally also have experienced like through the years. Mm-hmm. Or like when I was in the US and when I was coming back, like, there were so many conversations that you we weren't having and we, it was so insular in nature that there were ideas generally that were there and we believed in and that was fine. But I feel like digging deeper into what exactly India is, what are the different parties that are there, what do they stand for, all that personally. We didn't, we didn't really have yeah, an idea and same. started discovering only once we came back. Yeah, I came yeah, back.
2: Yeah, hmm. same. Something that I wish uh, a lot of media would come to terms with. There's this phrase, uh, attention currency. Mm-hmm. Um, and the attention market and when you're a teenager it is a game of the attention market there are 50 things competing for your attention and I think when I was in Radkers was the first time that there were these people who could put convey these ideas in ways that were very very savvy yeah um, and and just incredibly eloquent but also like uh very very potent and powerful and I was just like oh my like you know I remember it blew my mind open yeah. um, and this was back in 20 uh 2015 or 14 um that I first sort of came across it I I don't know if you know who do you know who Alok vaid Menon is uh, yeah the yeah so yeah. they came and performed in my college back in 2013 also so my point is it's back then that a lot of the ideas that I'm now seeing enter uh, mainstream, 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 luckily, yeah, yeah. when I say now yeah. I mean like over the last four years honestly it's not yeah. new but it is yeah. still uh, these were luckily ideas that we were exposed to to some degree there yeah. um, but to get back to this question of coming back here um, I came back and uh, I had this sort of idea that I'd had since NPR at NPR I ended up uh, speaking to this CNN America journalist anchor called Poppy Harlow um, and I'd interviewed her and I'd asked her questions about like, what it looks like to enter media. So that's an investigation I'd started making there. But it took me coming back here to really start checking and looking around. CNN, I walked in, I interviewed with them and they said, you know, I, I was very clear, I was uh they'd asked, you know, I think a standard interview question is which way do you see yourself going reporting, anchoring, you know, what do you see yourself doing in the newsroom? And I'd said anchoring and they'd said, okay, we'll train you, but we are not going to give you any guarantee that you're going to get this job okay. um, because, you know, there's nothing to say you'll be any good. Um, yeah. And of course, there was the huge question of me not having any Indian news context. Also, I was just
1: going to ask, even in terms of background, it's not like a typical journalism background as well, s- right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I would assume that, that they'd normally be like, that's the thing yeah. And so exactly.
2: Yeah. So the way a newsroom works, or I don't want to say all newsrooms, but most that I've come across that are English, uh, is you have the, um, the juniors, which is the desk, and the desk are people who are responsible for cutting bites. And mm. they're the people who are shouted at the most in a newsroom. So mm. it'll literally be like, uh, Simran, go cut the bite. You know, or, <laughs> where is the bite? Why isn't it here, ko? Why hasn't it, it come to now? And you know, it's shouting across the newsroom. Yeah. Um. So it's very, very, very harrowing if you are a twenty-one-year-old. Uh, yeah. Because it, it's a you know and it's it's a where's the where's the bite? Why hasn't the bite come to now? It's it's yeah. very very hectic. Um, mm-hmm. And you cry sometimes.
0: It's it's yeah. hectic, yeah. Um, and it's and twenty four seven news. So there's lots happening. Yeah, I
1: feel also in terms of like confidence, right? Like it just shatters you a bit when you're constantly oh,
2: like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It the amount of people that would enter that newsroom with a big bright smile and then like, <laughs> you know, like a few months in, they look like shadows of themselves. But it's not to yeah. do with at all my newsroom. This is my newsroom is actually known to be one of the um, calmer, lovelier newsrooms in the you know, collection of, again, I'm only speaking of English newsrooms. I can't mm-hmm. include the newsrooms. But um, it all newsrooms, I think, by function are hectic. And there is a criticism to be done there of the way in which we've structured news today and what that does to the structure of newsrooms. Yeah. Because what it essentially means is you have such a focus on getting the news out that you are prioritizing that over Just basically treating human beings properly and kindly, Um, and it's 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 fascinating because it's I don't think it's any one channel's fault. Every channel is trying to get the news the the first, the quick, yeah, yeah. as quick as possible. If we go back to the structure of a newsroom, there's a desk, and then right above that there is uh, editorial, and those are the people that are responsible for for putting the words on screen. So when you look at a channel, the stuff on the top, the stuff on the bottom, that's the tickles, yeah. And uh, so there's that, and then um, there is shift, shift are the people that are in charge of making the news calls. So, okay, it's, we'll go on this story, we won't go on this story, all of that. Now, you also have the producers, that's a group of about 10 people that are in charge of the visual look. You yeah. have um, assignment, assignment is the group of, again, 10 people that is responsible for coordinating. They are the ones who are getting the news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you have reporters across the country. Assignment is the group of people that sit in the newsroom and coordinate the reporters with everyone else.
1: Right. So right. This And how does happening. the synergy work amongst all? You know, say so, you're reporting, you have the ticker, you have yeah. someone else coming in with a bite. Like, how does that all sort of So come the way together? it
2: typically works is you'll have uh, a news group. And, okay, I don't want to say again, everything I'm saying is off my newsroom. Uh, okay. You'll have, a, you'll have a news group, a WhatsApp news group in this case, for example, that has the hundreds of reporters from across the country. Uh, 100 plus is a fair number. Uh, the way it happens is you have a news group, and that news group has... Um, just the news updates on it constantly so you have a lot of anchors who will for example just keep that news group on 24 7 Mm -hmm. Um, and you know they'll be for example I'll be talking to you and my eye will be going to my phone constantly Mm -hmm. to check if anything new has come exactly essentially what happens is the news will come first on the news group so you have three or four sources of news Uh, you have the shift I told you the shift is the person who makes the decision so what ends up happening is you have three or four sources of news. One is your news group. The other is this thing called ANI. Do either of you know what ANI is? Yes, uh, the wire yeah, channel. We'll, yeah. So uh, you have ANI that is constantly bringing you interviews and reports from the ground. Yeah. Third thing is you have all the other channels. So any newsroom, if you enter, has four TVs with all the other channels, yes. the top channels <laughs> in the country. Right. So everyone is constantly keeping an eye on Doosra what's, Banda, what's Khiadu, happening yeah. there. Yeah. 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 And so these are largely, and then the fourth is usually your reporter. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, for any big, especially political breaking news, it's usually not just one reporter. That like, most people like. It's a group of reporters and different channels that have got the feel that this is going to happen. You know, um, unless you have this. So a lot of senior reporters have um, deep, long relationships, uh, working relationships with different politicians, etc. Um, And for both parties, when I say both, I'm largely talking about the Congress and the BJP. It's not as if it's, you know, one party specific. Um, So sometimes they are the sources too.
0: The few other questions we had on journalism and like the state of journalism today. And I think so many things we have been seeing, especially like how journalism is running in the country, there's low trust in news outlets yeah. journalists like if you're saying talking about press freedom that index that had come out I think a yeah. year or two ago that is extremely low yeah so like um uh, and also then we are also seeing this rise in like we discussed before dig- like journalism that's happening on social media many citizens uh, citizen journalists that are coming out so do you think like for example we let's take broadcast journalism as a whole and how it's run today how the programs are run, the debates do you think that's like an outdated structure and like maybe things need to shift towards maybe uh how else are we value adding, like instead of people screaming at each other from different boxes? I
2: think the reason I think that's a tricky question is because I think the truth is that it's clearly serving some demographic, which is why it's still yeah. on air.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> and I, I, I see the demographic of people that watch, like it's funny, I've the only people who've ever recognized me in real life are, it's great to be recognized by them, but like 40 plus 50 plus men,
0: Yeah. you
2: know. Um, And like, it's the funniest because I'm always like, I kid you not, it's happened twice that I have thought they're like a friend's parent, you know, (laughs) and I'm because they'll be smiling at me and saying, toya and I'm like, and then they're like, toya from CNN. And I'm like, oh, wait, like, that's how you know me. But my point is just, um, my point is just that uh, clearly that demographic is served and therefore the numbers are being reached and therefore, you know, someone is watching it. So I don't think, I think the question is perhaps actually, how do we better serve the news needs of a generation that no longer watches TV? Yes. Yeah. yeah. um and I think to your point, I think, that is something that to be totally honest with you, we think of this as an India problem, it's actually a global problem. In the sense that I think in the US, there's very much has been for a few years now that that Fox-CNN divide. In the US, it's really interesting because in the US, the voter demographic is also about 50-50, it's 49-51 about. So that 50-50 split makes sense. In India, I think it's a lot more interesting because if you actually look at the numbers, even though in a lot of our metropolitan liberal spaces, politically, a lot of people in our space, specifically might lean left
0: mm-hmm.
2: Um, largely your country does not agree with that yeah. you know and so we're in a space where a lot of what we think are the priorities are possibly deeply mismatched from what the nation is saying its priorities are again and again which is why I think there's this deep sense of um not relating to what we see on yeah. television every single day or what we, we don't see on television but what we see around us every single yeah. day like I remember 100%. um. I think that the farmers' protests were the first time in years that it felt as if the people around me knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, um, COVID, obviously, because we didn't really have a choice. But my point is just that um, otherwise I don't often feel like people know what is going on. And I will say one good thing is in some spaces I've seen a sense of What I think should be there, which is a sense of shame that you don't know what's going on in your own country, Um, but at the same time, it is a sense of it is a failure on our part. It is a failure on the media's part. It's not your job. So, what do I mean when I say that? Is um, if you are in the U.S. and I'm using the U.S. so much as an example because it's an easy example, but um, the amount of memes they have made, uh, they have made Trump when Trump was a thing, President Obama so sexy. Yeah, so sexy. I just mean like memes that entire culture and that has very much happened today to some degree uh in india too so you have incredible memes uh coming out that that make that conversation to some degree accessible you know mm-hmm. you have political indians on instagram you have yes. uh, yeah. i think you even have like south bombay memes yeah. Um, yeah which is not political but will often have like that one political meme like sure you know, yeah. the, the non-political yeah. these are i know south bombay better. is a, deliberately like a very, very bougie page and not perhaps a good reference for the rest of the country. Um, But, and I think the other tricky thing, and this is the really, really tricky thing, is that um, when I came to my newsroom when I was 23 or 24 for the first time, I remember, I'm I'm a privileged like South Delhi kid, right? So like, my spaces are, as we just discussed, very liberal. Uh, But I remember being in the newsroom and coming across this boy who had grown up in Uttaranchal, uh, and um, worked on assignment, which you will remember, we've discussed assignment, Mm -hmm. people that gets the news. And I remember talking to him, and he was obsessed with the BJP. And his reasons for being obsessed with the BJP um, was simple, he was just like, they are the only ones bringing development and you know that's like the the universal
0: argument yeah
2: yeah and but also in this kid's case he was like you know this this village that i come from has received electricity has and like you can't debate that yeah Mm -hmm. and my point is and it's fascinating because over the years i've seen like the memes that he has for example shared on like a news group or like stuff that he has put out and i've seen that A, there is a very, very vocal, excited culture around the BJP that we are just not privy to. A very excited youth culture around the BJP that we are not privy to. There are clearly millions of people voting for the BJP. My entire point is just that the gap that we see exists between the discourse that we have and what seems like the news, A, I think is limited to liberal metropolitan spaces, which is not to say it's not true. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm saying it's very much there. But I think it's limit like I think a Faye D'Souza, for example, did so well, because she was one of the very, very few people that was catering just to that voice. But at the same time, um, if you look at Faye, and and I think what she's done is incredible in the sense of just like realizing that we just want like short, clean, you know, just give us the news and really don't complicate it. But I think, there are some fallacies that exist that we don't address for example everything is propaganda um yeah. there is not one thing that isn't propaganda nothing that is told to you as news yeah. anytime yeah. even a Faye who is someone I really respect is reducing a news story to five words she's choosing to take out some words and keep some words a hundred,
1: some, even what's selecting to post right yeah. like to yeah. me frankly at one point I was like i I do not support anyone who only gets the information from her because yeah. you're getting
0: one side of the one
1: yeah. side, and it's it's curated. So yeah. bias, I think, along with propaganda.
2: I think that's both our, of them.
0: No, no. Go, say, I was going to say that I think the
2: trickier thing than the question, and I think this is a much larger question, is a question of. What kind of space can one create where you are algorithmically allowing news of all kinds to come in? So Wall Street Journal did this really interesting article back in, I think, 2015 or 2014 that you can Google and your listeners can Google where uh, I think it's called the red and blue wall. I may be just it, right? Um, Where you just uh, see what the other side's feed looks like. Yeah. Um, And I think experiments like that much more of what we need to have because this question of i think we live okay so this is another very interesting conversation that again i don't know how we can have this in a productive manner but with the introduction of like literally like ai morphed images to the degree that like you know you can have narendra modi saying anything you like yeah. in 10 minutes
1: yeah.
2: um this question of what is the truth yeah you know what even is the truth and is anything the truth or are we just watching two sides
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. Um and this question of you know and I the my like sort of newsroom attempt at that question is that um there that, uh, that there needs to almost be a separation in the way we look at the news. So I think almost that there needs to be um a channel one and a channel two say. When I say channel one and channel two I mean, Instagram page one and Instagram two, but I don't mean like, but on one page you have news that is objectively news, like an earthquake took place in Syria.
0: We're not playing,
2: there's no no two versions of that. You know what I mean? We know A, what took place. We know what number the earthquake was, like 7.6, for example. There's no, that is news. You know what I mean? Or uh, the queen has died. But again, let's complicate things for you. Uh, Political outlets will often take days sometimes they sit on the news that someone has died they wait until the political party has said it's okay to release that information
0: you know Mm -hmm. this happens
2: world over so my point is just even that's not unpolitical even when the coverage of turkey and syria happened the amount of stress that was given to turkey and not to syria yeah Mm -hmm. and the lack of coverage on how hard it was to get stuff into syria yeah you know so my point is everything is political
1: yeah Um, yeah
2: and and just I, I I I don't mean for today to be. It has felt a little like today has unfortunately been. You guys asking me questions and me not answering them, but instead going like, here's a ten. No, but, like, but it's
1: it's a good uh, opener because that there are there were things that we had in mind, but well. Hmm. I think it's better to have provocations because mm. then you think, right? Instead mm. of just doing a question answer, and answer. and yeah. Like everything that you're saying, even if it's a question back, it's a provocation to like ask or anyone who watches. Yeah,
2: but,
1: but
2: I, 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 just, I just, to, 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 to sort of this news thing, I don't think, I, there are people out there doing brave work. There's this uh, lady I love, for example, on uh, Vice called Izzy something, if you just search like Izzy Vice. She's this young spunky journalist, again, my age, or maybe a little older, so uh, but she goes out and she interviews like a Taliban dictator, you know, she's doing these very, very cool interviews, or you have in India, Sandeesh Bhatia, for example, right, he's this, um, I mean, your viewers possibly hopefully know him, but he's this, uh, again, young dude who like goes out and interviews different politicians. And the great thing about both of those pieces of journalism is I don't think either of them are saying we are objective, believe us. Yeah. You know, they're just yeah. saying we're going to do an interview. You can watch it if you want. Don't watch it if you don't want. Yeah, um, you know, and it's he's not. I think Samdhish in particular leans sometimes into the entertainment aspect, which is important because there is an there is an aspect in today's day and age. Everything is entertainment, right? Like the yeah. problem with the news is the news is competing with like a dancing. Yeah
1: everything right Dancing and the whole TRP video, culture yeah. as well when it comes to news as yeah. and, and just overall just your attention right it's just yeah. it's like, there are it's not news it's also netflix it's also yeah. so it's overall
2: yeah which is why i think to go back to the question itself i think there is a need to one could say it's already happened right like the bjp and uh, not the bjp my god the, the what i'm going to correct by what i, I was going to say the bbc which is a very funny yeah. stuff but i was going to say the bbc uh or the Indian Express or any of these news outlets already do this thing where like you can ask for push notifications of just urgent news. Yeah. Right. So it's their idea of here an earthquake, hua tha. Bas uska, you know, no ad living, no like political stuff yeah. on top, just the pure details. But even that, like to get back to our original point, right, like they it's as simple as uh, just give just, me a second and I'll tell you that that bridge that broke in Gujarat, the Morbi disaster, Mm -hmm. I think killed a hundred plus people. I Mm -hmm. may be wrong on the number, but it was definitely a double digit, maybe a triple digit number. And my point is the wild lack of international news coverage on the Morbi bridge disaster. And just in comparison, I think something had happened in either Singapore or Japan that had killed, oh no, in South Korea, I think there was a stampede that killed, In the double digit, much less than the Morbi disaster. And my point is the amount. The president of the U.S. came out with a statement. Now one could say, Toya, why is it so important for you to receive international acknowledgement at all? Like maybe you know, one could say, Screw the way the world reacts. Mm -hmm. Like it's about the way we react. But the fact is that um, unfortunately, the way in which the world now. My point is just that the world continue, and we know this, but the world continues to remain selectively racist in, in the disasters they choose. The reason I was bringing up the Morbi Bridge disaster was to say that even an outlet like a BBC can be, uh, any news outlet can be prejudiced in its decision of which news is worse and which news is better. Mm-hmm. And I think the tricky thing in India in particular is that if you ever open up the newspaper, first page, second page, third page, how many people have died? It's like, yeah. wild, like You know, every yeah. day, first page, pe rape hua hai, pe hua hai. So, yeah. rape, murder, and doing that has normalized it to a degree that it's like you know uh, the two there were two men who you have probably read about this because it was everywhere on social media too. But two Muslim men who were killed, uh, seemingly burnt alive by uh, cow vigilantes,
0: mm-hmm. you know. What yes, 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 yes. Uh, a few happened? days ago,
2: mm-hmm. this happened over the past week. And uh, what was really wild was you had um, the one of the men who has been arrested since saying that the Haryana police actually worked with them and also saying that they handed over these two men to the Haryana police while the men were still alive you know and this is just a man who's being interviewed right now but my point is those kind of revelations should be front page yeah yeah you know um even if they are still being investigated yeah you know they should very much be front page a and b um this is the kind of stuff that has not you know, made it to international newspapers globally at yeah. all. Yeah. You know, and my point is just that I think the problem starts at home because we don't value human life in the way that we should. You know, mm-hmm. and it's also tricky because it's, I tell you this as someone who's in a newsroom, how many human lives do you value when this kind of stuff is happening every day mm-hmm. by the yeah. hour? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the just the sheer amount of child rape stories I will read on air, you yeah. know, um, gets why? After but after But, sorry, I just
1: want to, I think it's also a deep-rooted, understanding of foundation with journalism my experience with this is at one point i understand times a couple of years ago and i went in and the senior journalist a reporter he was a very like intense person and he and i was maybe 18 and the first thing he told me in our conversation was just literally this like understand that you any value when you're reporting in the sense that if you're reporting in Bombay he was trying to intimidate me saying would you be okay to go to uh, take a train go to Dombi World? you know like he was trying to profile me because clearly I didn't look like someone who was doing that so he was one intimidating me and second what he told me um I questioned him when he said that if I get a report that there have been two deaths uh one death has happened in Bandra Khair, and the other death has happened in uh, Panvel or happened in Valley. I'm sorry, I will have to bring out front and sector what happened in Bandra Kar because that is, you know, a the more value of app- human life. Is more right. va- exactly. Yeah. And that was his, first. if I pursued that, for example, first level understanding of, you know, what matters and what is valued and how therefore things make front cover or second cover. And he was like, this is a fact you can, you know, you might think that I'm, you know, scary, or I don't have principles, but open a newspaper and you'll understand, you know, that this is the reality of how it is. Uh, And that was so scary for me. Like I I was like, I don't think that I want to (laughs) go ahead. Uh, But yeah,
2: I want to say two things, though, it's so sad that I've had exactly the same experience, which is sitting down with uh, an interviewer, and they've tried to make it seem like this world is so big, bad and scary. Yeah, like, how sad is it that like, when people see a young woman out there who's saying i want to work for you yeah. your first thing is to be like the world is big bad and scary you know yeah. here's how scary it is yeah. instead of like you you can totally do this you 100 yeah. exactly. you know exactly. um so i think that's like that was the first thing i thought of when you said this but the second thing i was going to say is that i also think the tricky thing about just living in india day to day um apart from you know we were talking about right now uh the fact that you know millions of people fight for that food and water. But when it comes to even much more privileged people like us, you are also normalizing every single day the experience of walking by beggars and ignoring them. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, like
2: your, I don't know about like Mumbai, but in Delhi, your commute to one area to another, you will pass by people who are uh, impoverished, are asking for money. And my point in bringing that up is just that in your every single day you are normalizing that this person is not important i need to stay focused on what i want to do so of course yeah. then when these stories come out yeah. a and b i think when there's so many stories just to yeah. even exist like this this used to happen to me 2 years ago where there were just i remember there was a uh, the the i had a i had a uh, like proper somewhere between an anxiety and a panic attack my first ever um was in reaction to uh, in 2018, there was a story towards the end of the year of a vet, a female veterinarian, who was raped uh, in I think it was in Maharashtra. I'm I'm uh, by a group of men, and she called up her family. Her car had either got punctured or something. She called up her family and told them that uh, you know, Hame like, like I'm gonna come I'm gonna be there in a little while and then her family had not received another call and she'd gotten gang raped and killed and I remember just my first ever like anxiety attack had happened because I uh, had read the details at night I was gonna go to sleep I was not in the best state of mind and then in the morning I had I used to leave for work at three in the morning um, and I used to take a car from work. That was my first anxiety attack was just like feeling like I remember like I couldn't breathe in all of like the way it's supposed to be but yeah. it, it started with this fear of like will something happen to me because mm. the problem when you're a young woman working sometimes is story after story after story it gets into your head
0: yeah. you know yeah. I mean?
2: and, and you very quickly stop being able to it just it can become too much for you and I think when I was younger when I was 24 I felt a lot more. Like, yeah it, it yeah. just do you think, feel like
0: you have developed a certain numbness to the I, amount that is coming no
2: i don't think it's that i think uh in i quit in uh you know this i quit in 2020 i started doing thought jungle and um when i was doing thought jungle i really was cut off from what the news was, mm-hmm. um, apart obviously from COVID. And my point is just that that was so important because it really allowed me to see how little any of that ego-driven news center politics matters. It None of it does. You know, and just realizing how little, like, how little what is going on in a newsroom matters. Like, the news I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the politics, the fight right. behind the, that. Right. Yeah, yeah, all of that. And And just really realizing that, like, while i love um i love aspects of what i do and i really really respect a lot of the people i'm working with at the same time just to realize that like the i think covid really made me realize that my mental health and physical health are the most important thing i have and right after that is like family and the people you love and my point is just that really allowed me to enter the newsroom with this real sense of clarity that like okay. You know, yes, this matters, but this matters to a degree.
0: So, like for us as a like a uh, a society, if you want to try and try and get the most objective news, or like try to look at both pictures, but when we are looking at news channels, for example, or social media, for example, they're just trying to throw one narrative at us. Like how, I think a simpler way to ask this question would be like, how should we approach our news? Like how should we approach try getting Either both sides of the aisle or like the most objective news that we can
2: I think you need to be very clear with yourself that th- there is no such thing as objective news. I'll, I'll answer your question in a second because we will get there. But I was going to say, I think you need to be very clear to yourself that everything you consume is propaganda. Um, absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to, for example, Jammu and Kashmir is something that I don't see uh, any Indian newsroom or news. Paper. Very. I'm, I'm saying very few actually, because I can maybe think of one,
0: yeah. but I
2: don't even think that one anymore. Like my point is, I don't think Jammu and Kashmir is something anyone is entirely objective about anymore. Um, and Jammu and Kashmir is very much that one topic that gets people's emotions really, Hot. really riled up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's wild. It took me leaving India and going to New York to meet my first Kashmiri and to hear from her for the first time. Uh, the way in which she looked at Indian military forces in Jammu and Kashmir. And I'm from a military family. And yeah. so, and I'm from a military family that is not like one, like my granddad, my child, like, you know, the whole family is military. And mm-hmm. so we very much grew up in a tradition of, uh, I think, subtle pride in particularly the Rajputra, like, you know, certain parts of the army. And so my point is just, it really took me mm-hmm. leaving the country for me to even hear a voice for the first time, that was different from the voices I'd grown up hearing. Now, again, this is stuff that's very much entered our common parlance. But I'm talking, I sound so old, but I'm talking like 15 years ago, 10 years ago. But anyway, I was going to say, to get back to your question, I think, A, it's important to be honest with yourself that nothing is Nothing is honest. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing. Everyone has an agenda. Absolutely yes, everyone. Everyone has an there. opinion. Yeah. And, and the, the saddest oh. thing is when people like you and me think that we can reshape a system by coming out with something objective. And then we put out what is exactly the same. Because you yeah. and me will also have. When Our I go opinion, in. Yeah. yeah. When I see 10 stories. There will 100% be stories I find sexier and more important than other stories, you know. Uh, And I can, even if I come from the perspective of let me amplify minority voices and let me amplify the voices of all of those who are subjugated, I will then end up uh, by mistake leaving out the story of some uh, young Hindutva supporting man who was shot dead in some yeah. part of the state, because I'm like, that story is not, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's yeah. really, really hard in today's day and age with limited bandwidth. I, I say today's day and age, but again, I think that the the, the wrongest thing people do when they're covering this entire story or this, this topic we've discussed today is we say it's a problem of today when actually... The truth is that this is a problem that's existed since the sixties and the seventies, except then you were only present you only had one channel. So yeah. you didn't know that there were five other options in the first place. Yeah, case. and five
0: opinions also. Yeah.
2: Today the problem is that or the, the truth, the good thing, I don't know how you want to say it is that you'll have, you know, the newsroom saying one thing and today every Man, woman, child has a phone, so you know. Yeah. Often you'll have the kid in the on the ground saying, "Wait, this isn't happening." Yeah, you have, have a chance for the first time at at seeing the truth, yeah. you know, uh, or you know what we define the truth as. So my point is just that I don't. I think A, we need to be very clear that there is nothing like truth. Now, B, to answer your question, I think the way you want it answered, uh, <laughs> Indian Express is is my go-to news media outlet for most. Oh, cases. Yeah. The reason I touched on Indian Express though is just to kind of give you a baseline. Uh, anytime any news happens, apart from getting the news from my own newsroom, I will always make sure to cover the way, if I can see how the Indian Express has covered it, just because um, they often leave in spicy facts. So yeah. they yeah. often leave in the stuff that, uh, especially towards the bottom of the article, <laughs> scroll <laughs> down. Um, and they'll have in like two or three lines, something in there that you'll see like is not being said anywhere else. Everywhere. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do really respect that they are still trying and also that they're accessible. Uh, again, English speaking largely and Indian yeah. Express, if you look at their circulation as compared to an Hindustan Times or even uh, Times of India is, is very, very little. So that question yeah. of how accessible is debatable.
0: Now, since we are in a political, the political season has started in the sense we are in election years and we are going to see elections soon. So like reporting it, like what's the experience like or like what are the different things that you see happening? That yeah, you, like what is your process
1: pros- for it? Also, I think some context is, like you said, you took some time to understand in the Indian context and you studied it. Where yeah. also new to, um, like I guess from the past year or two, trying to understand the nuances of, you know, it's earlier. It used to I used to think, oh, there's just that one final election. Yeah, that we s- very know. recently,
0: like two years ago, we discussed like a municipal election and why he, it's important yeah. to like vote for that. Like, yeah, yes. and small things like yeah, that. And yeah, and of
1: course, if you Study it, you get it, but like again, we're obviously trying to follow it as much as we can. So, to understand from you how you go about it and what your approach, you know, to
2: it, or rather the newsroom's approach to it, um, I think. Is. Um, okay, so uh, go about what? Let's be more specific because you just asked general election, but I think now we're getting a little more.
1: Uh, no, so uh, like the, the I, I would say the entire build up to. generally yeah Yeah. I think
2: okay so I think where I'm very very lucky is because I've been working here for before 2019 so I saw the previous election also happen um and I think the reason I bring that up is because what I was saying earlier I think so remember how earlier we were talking about how social media is the kind of job where you don't necessarily need to be an expert to be good at it yeah Uh, I think anchoring is the kind of job that is the opposite you do the older you are the better because uh-huh. you can just pull you have these anchors who've been doing this for like 30 years and they just pull yeah. some like 1974 maybe who are type stuff yeah. you know? and you're just like it is. Se hai? you know like, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. um but my point is just to answer your question um I think the really really cool thing with the newsroom is that is that you are building that library literally day by day. Something I love to do is speak to like auto rickshaw drivers or yeah. shopkeeper owners and, and just ask them like, you know, which party do they stand for? Hear their reason, even if, you know, that reason doesn't connect to anything you believe in. Yeah. Um, but just listening to the way in which they think, um, the fact that most of their concerns are, 90% of their concerns are economic, yeah. you know, I find most of the time. Um, I, I find that experience a whole lot. I think what the newsroom has done is it has allowed me to know what to talk about when I'm in a Karnataka, for example, like I'll, I'll be able to say, okay, what do you think of Shiv Kumar, DK Shiv Kumar or like Basavraj Bhuma? Like the, I'll, I'll say the right names to get them started on the question. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the interesting stuff is still coming. I find at least from going to the ground and asking and to kind of answer your bigger question of, um, how does one... I don't know, prepare themselves or sort of, yeah, for the fact that the country is going to see another election very soon. I see a lot of pessimism in a lot of spaces um, where there is, I think, a lot of fear, uh, because again, I, I'm i in largely left-leaning spaces of mm-hmm. the BJP coming back into power. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, what that also means is that means that people don't people then disconnect themselves from the news uh, and from politics because they don't agree with the values that a lot of politics represents. For people like you and me is that um, as hard as it is, you need to get, so I have a few best friends that I've turned into like Indian Express addicts, for example. Indian Express has this beautiful thing called Indian Express Explained, which is where they break yeah. down like common issues excessively. And yes. I just think it's so important that we develop a habit no matter how hard it is to stay up to date.
0: I think just then the last question, I, th- I think this conversation was honestly like, really cool. Yeah, she she you learned know, so, so much cool. for it to go, go this went, way. Went, like, but yeah. it really went in places that made us also think quite a bit. Yeah, awesome. But, but just wanted to end on like what do you think? I know we spoke about a few aspects of it, but if you could encapsulate it in like a short little summary, but like, what makes you a work in progress? I want Um, to yeah, how are you a work in progress?
2: I mean, mm, (laughs) literally every, I am (laughs) so far from um, everything I want in life and something as simple as uh, total financial independence, I think, is something that, like, when I say that, I mean like this. You know, the life I have, the salary I have right now, I very much could live independently and and do that for myself. But the world that I want for myself, a world in which my yes. mental health, for example, uh, my physical health, uh, my interests, my passions, I don't. I'm not someone that believes that uh, we should do a nine-hour job. But I also am aware that that is a function of me working hard enough to figure out a world in which less than that is possible yeah Uh, and then i think more importantly like the tricky part in a country like india is okay if you free yourself how are you going to free other people you know like people who work for you for example are you going to make sure like dude simple things like when you have a didi at home who's working for you uh your didi is working technically 24 hours a day seven days a week because yes she gets time to sleep but like immediately when she wakes up, often in a lot of houses, the didi is making chai, you know? So, and my point is just, what does, like, does that person get a day off in the week, you know, or not? Does that person get regulated time in the day also, you know, where they should, like, they should have eight hour work days also, why don't they? And my point is just that these questions, I'm like, for me, the tricky thing is that the good thing in India is we have so much privilege and, our voices are a lot louder than they would be in the US. The bad thing, or the tricky thing rather about India is that uh, there is so much work left to do. Yeah. Um, But the way I always think of it is, it is ours to do you know, um, and we'll do it. So to answer your question of if you are a work in progress, of course, and I just think the tricky thing is, I think you were asking me more in relation to my own career and my own life, but I think the tricky thing in India is the most beautiful thing about India, which is that there is nothing like my life and my career, right? Like the boundaries are really blurred. Mm -hmm. Every day when I go to work, there are at least 12 people from my makeup team to my camera team that makes it possible for me to go on air and yeah. my didi at home who like packs me great food at like you know 6 in the morning yeah. Yeah. Um, or like my mum you know who's now at yeah. home and like is there's the dog and like my point is there are 50 things that make life joyous enough that yeah. it's great to live and my point is just that uh, that question of is are you a work in progress we'll be till everyone in our lives is happy you know yeah. that's that's, that's a great perspective yeah uh, <laughs> thanks Thank